I'm Bailey. And I'm Caddy. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! yeah! Before we start the show, we'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record and the apartments where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyagahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands that we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversation and action that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the Indigenous communities of that area. As we often do, it's it's important to us to to remind ourselves and to remind you that this isn't just something that we say, but this is something that we continually need to be committed to doing. So um, I invite you and myself and all of us to reflect on what we can be doing to support the Indigenous communities in our areas, to challenge the ongoing violence of colonialism, and to to work against the settler state. Here, here. How you doing, Bailey? I am, I am doing all right. I am delighted that we're recording an episode together. It has been probably about a year, but feels like several decades since Mm -hmm. we have recorded an episode together. Um, But now through the magic of podcast technologies, we, we can have an episode without somebody sitting in the studio, which is exciting. Which is really exciting. Um, And this week... We dove into some fun literature. Uh, this week we read The Gilded Ones um, by Namina Forna. And um, it's a story. It's a, oh, how can I put this? Um, I, I already want to compare it to a million things, but no. Yeah. It's actually a coming of age story. Okay. The young African character. I have lost all of my notes and it doesn't really matter because the crux of the story is that it's it's a story of of Decca and of women who uh, have to pass this uh, purity test uh, to join the community. However, right? However, obviously, um, um, <laughs> our, our main character uh, discovers that she is uh, magical. Shall we say? I don't want to like. I feel like diving deeper into it kind of already like starts stealing some of the magic in this book yeah and this is a it's a beautiful story it's a beautiful fantasy story uh Mm -hmm. that explores sort of a very clear application of feminism into a YA novel and Mm -hmm. that was really fun to read um what uh how, how did you feel about this one I yeah I really enjoyed it I have been in the mood for like sweeping expansive fantasies lately so so I was like right right there and I I was really impressed and drawn into like all the different like threads and undercurrents that were happening in this book I mean like obviously at its core it is a book about misogyny and feminism and trauma and violence trauma and violence (laughs) and yeah it's also it's like a very interesting look at religion and how religion can be used in service of these things 
Um, and the thing that I like, one of the things that I like appreciated about it and thought was really interesting was it's a book that's engaging with like a fantasy religion that's very much like you can tell that the author has studied real, real, real world, like our world's religions a lot. So like, it's really interesting how you can definitely see currents of like, clearly I, I am, I have done religious studies. I am about to get a master of divinity. Like I, so I, I enjoy a book that is like engaging with religion in a way that's like informed by real world religions and like very like well thought out. And like, it, it was very cool. And I like, I liked how like well fleshed out this like, pretty terrible religious system is. I Mm -hmm. also really, really liked how this book is exploring the idea of how um, special abilities that are kind of inherently neutral can be either, or not even special abilities, differences can be either revered or hated, depending on, you know, where power is coming from, and whether people feel threatened by them. And I thought that that, like, it was an interesting parallel to me of how, like, queer people have been treated in various societies and cultures over the years. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, too. Yes, I definitely thought this was a book for the marginalized. Um, (laughs) Not in the sense that it's not so much a question of, like, pain and, like, playing into that, but it's it's a place where you find yourself like you you can relate to it and this is a this is a pretty rough and tumble story that that oh, goes yeah. into some violence and i think that there's you know the violence it it, it you know makes you gasp at times uh, <laughs> it's, it's not easy but there is also all the other really interesting undercurrents that come along with societies that are plagued with violence mm-hmm. allyship and friendship yeah. being super, super, super important as well in this story. And and I think that that's really, there's something there that allows for the protagonist to really grow throughout the story. Mm-hmm. And she grows through her relationships, through her hardships. I also find that like it was done with a certain tact that only comes from um, having once again, anchored oneself really clearly in 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 life as a marginalized person. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I think that's what that's something that's really important. Um, but I'd love to talk about this um, about the 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 religious stuff with you. I am. Uh, I, I don't know if if you know this, but I was uh, baptized by a rabbi in the sink in my Muslim family. So to me, religion <laughs> is like that i want to hear that story but (laughs) but so like i don't um have very i have very good surface knowledge Mm -hmm. of a little bit of everything religiously but like i have no understanding nor does it resonate with me at all so Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i'd love to hear more about how how this world like there's really cool world building in this book mm-hmm. i think uh, oh, yeah. we get really interesting the structure is built in a way where we get snapshots of moments mm-hmm. uh you know it's not it's not like fully chronological we're not embarking on like three weeks in the life of of, of such and such yeah. we really do kind of kind of jump around forward in the story but that allows for a world to be created and it's a world that is incredibly oppressive so yeah tell me more about how like the oppression through religion came through to you and 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 sort of how you feel about that 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's really interesting. And it's like, so they have, they have this, um, they have a deity, Oyomo. Um, and there is, there is a scriptural book. That's one of the things that I just thought was cool about this is you get so many fictional fantasy religions. This is the first one I can think of that actually has scriptures that are referenced, which just made my like religion nerd brain, um, (laughs) happy, even though they sound like they're mostly terrible. Um, I was just like, I like how well this religion is constructed and how it like, yeah, it has, it has scriptures. It has geekily I thought that was interesting and there are definitely like I could see how the author was drawing on um like certain books of uh like the the Old Testament Hebrew Bible um for parts of it like there, there's some that's like that's very reminiscent of the book of Proverbs for example some of the stuff that they talk about the book of Proverbs. Uh, <laughs> this is very exciting the book of Proverbs is basically like like it's a series of kind of like statements about like how to live a good life and like it it sort of lays out like quite um like a very simplistic black and white moral system in a lot of ways got it and so there are definitely and there are also there's there are some parts in the book of proverbs about like what a good woman should be like and so there were there were definitely like i i could see she was kind of drawing on that and and like twisting it a little bit like like playing this game of like what if this was even more pronounced and like what if like this was the thing that people focused in on and so yeah you have this society that's really interestingly constructed where where everybody especially women is like very indoctrinated from a very young age with like with faith and there's clearly like the main character especially at the beginning is like very very like she's very wholeheartedly like believes in this in this religious system Mm -hmm. um and so you really see how that belief is constructed in order to turn women against themselves basically like that's the thing that I found really interesting and and I mean I think it's it's really interesting because you like this this can come out in in religions in our current world. Like I think, yeah, like it, it, this definitely happens. And so this was kind of an extreme example of it. But it's like, it, yeah, just how the how you see how this character has this strong faith, and then when she sort of realizes that she is not quote unquote pure, that her the faith that she has learned um, kind of makes her makes her believe in her own abhorrence in um, Mm. like it it invests her in her own oppression in a very, like in a very particular way, in a very like deep and devastating way. But that I think that is, that plays out sometimes in, in our world. Like I think specifically of like evangelical purity culture and like what that can do to women, because that's an example that I'm like more familiar with. But yeah, I just, I thought it was really, really interesting and really well done. <laughs> it felt, well, it, it made me think it's interesting because being not very, like being someone who struggles a lot uh, spiritually, I guess, mm-hmm. um, or spiritually challenged might be a better way to put it. That still resonates very intensely with me because of also the cultural element. Like this is very steeped within African cultures, mm-hmm. which are like, I mean, the entire continent has been colonized, let us be honest. Yeah. 
Um, so, so there is like this incredibly strict moral code and, and way of being able to make it through the day sort of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's rough. And, um, and, and I think it's important to note also that Namina Forna is, uh, she's from Sierra Leone. Yeah. And um, she was born there. She grew up there before moving to the U S and I felt that Mm -hmm. um, deeply and that connection to, it really just is like a, a very steady anchoring that allows for you to drive your moral compass. And, mm-hmm. you know, for some it's religion, for some it's, 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 you know, your family, uh, which is, um, I think sometimes just as oppressive uh, or not as religion, depending on your relationship to it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so there's, there's something interesting in that because it's like, I got a similar sense, uh, maybe not spoken as beautifully as you just did. Um, but well, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Um, but I find that fun because it's anchored in something else and we can still find a point of relation there. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately I think that this is, that's, that's really fun. Um, cause it's also all explored a little bit throughout the story with just the diversity of folks yeah. that are present, right? This world is like oppressive, but like in this little village, there are people who are gasp, Asian, gasp, South Asian, gasp, brown, gasp, black. Like, it's just exciting to kind of be mm-hmm. like, oh, it kind of looks like an urban African city. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's, that's what you get. You get, like, this cool mixture of folks. And with that, you get, like, this interesting sense of solidarity that builds, these interesting combinations of values that also... Mm-hmm push people to move forward and to grow and, and hopefully only grow in, in the best of sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, I got lost in my thoughts all of a sudden. No, no, I love it. I love that there's like so many different undercurrents that we can pull out because of our different experiences. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, this is a very masterfully crafted book. Like there's so many layers. Absolutely. I think, especially thinking that this is the first of a trilogy yeah how exciting is that i'm very excited i'm particularly excited because i imagine this is going to be explored more in the subsequent books and i don't want to like be too transparent about what i'm talking about because we don't want to spoil it too much Mm -hmm. but there's some very interesting sort of i would say moral questions that are raised just towards the really fully become apparent towards the end about Mm -hmm. like sort of like I'm going to say sacrifice, like, um, you know, doing, doing actions that you know are wrong in the service of sort of at least what the character like sees as, and I think actually, I think within the worldview, we can, we can see this, but like in, in, in the service of righting a greater wrong. And that is an ethical and a moral question. And uh, I mean, it's such an important thing to talk about. And I think yeah. that this is a really fun way to explore this theme. Well, fun is a is a very like, you know, this isn't a like ha 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 like traipsing around kind of book. Like this is like you mm-hmm. want to read this. You want to take a minute and sit and dive yeah. into it. And 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 it can get heavy at times. And you have to take a minute and step away from that book at times. Uh, there are a couple of pages that come to mind. And. <laughs> 
Uh, yep. And uh, but I think that it's going to engage young readers and older readers in okay. that question exactly about like if I am doing harm for the greater good, mm-hmm. is that okay? <laughs> like, can I deal with that? And yeah. how, like, how does that sit? And how can I inform my life knowing that? Like the second that there's that, that, that sense of awareness about this issue as well, that's raised. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, that's a very good point. And I definitely look forward to seeing sort of how that, weaves itself into the second story right and it's always scary in trilogies the second one is generally where there tends to be a little bit of a slump like this is a very critically acclaimed novel Mm -hmm. um and i really i am so hopeful for the second one i think i think there's like so much because we just like this is a this is a book where like we were i think there was a lot of like we were hinted at what was going to happen. I think mm-hmm. gradually building, but like a lot got revealed at the end. And so I'm very excited for us to like learn more about that. And yeah, wrestle with these sort of very thorny moral problems mm-hmm. that, that have gotten brought up. And I'm just, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. This book was very visual to me. And I think that that's, uh, there's something there also to be, it's like ornate, almost like a church, like an Orthodox church, like, like Mm -hmm. Coptic, like very, very, like, obviously the cover art for this book is gorgeous. Stop dead in your tracks. And just like, you can't, if you see it in a bookstore, like you just kind of stare at it, the tones, the richness, the, the 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 regalness almost in the in the colors and the the richness of the undertones it's really really beautiful mm-hmm. um and then once we dive into the story tbh like obviously the first thing that came to mind for me was wakanda from uh the marvel cinematic universe uh maybe marvel wants to sponsor our podcast one day um <laughs> i'm gonna try until someone is like we got you a deal <laughs> i i wholeheartedly support this thank you um but there's this i think it's it's just that i'm not used to depictions of an african reality that feels very normal because i know that also like being of african descent born and raised in canada is very different um so i've always had sort of an external perspective, but there's something in the voice, I think, of Namina Forna that 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 feels very familiar in the sense of like you're sort of uprooted from something that you know in your bones, but maybe like it, it's not your 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 day to day. But the the strength of this army of women, yeah, like listen. And I'm going to get into some technical things because right before we started um, recording, I found out um, that my favorite co-host here has not seen Black Panther. <laughs> no, um, and I think that's perfectly fine. But I think that it's very exciting to think of this army of um, this army of women who are super badass, who are, you know, they they are they are it period Mm -hmm. and they're so badass that they even have boys guarding them which i think (laughs) that made me giggle a little i want to talk more with this because i also love this but yes continue um but i pictured them like the dora milaji in um in black panther who are so they're this army of women who protect the king of wakanda Mm -hmm. um 
also known as Black Panther. Um, (laughs) And just this like strong badassery and this ability to take things on, but also to like their greatest strength is their support of one another. Right. And, and I mean, anyone who's, who's, who's delved a little bit into like military history or things like that, or, or just understanding the psychology behind the military, like there's a lot of that. We form a bond, we create this pack that absolutely needs one another and everyone has a job. So everyone must, you know, we've got to make sure that everyone is okay kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and I found that in this story and I found it so fun and so neat. They're very ingenious. They're cunning. They're fast. They're swift and they grow, but they're still wrestling with the fact of being in service and this and that. And, 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 And it's, it's, it's very exciting. And um, I, I I don't know how else to say this, but like comparing something to Black Panther to me is like comparing something to like that like perfect piece of dessert. You know, like it's it's Black Panther is the thing that brought me back to like understanding what it feels like to be like a 10-year-old kid watching a movie being like, wow, I want to be that guy. Like I got to feel that for the first time while watching that movie and like especially with folks that look like me. Um, And in this book, that's exactly the sense that I got. I was like, oh, these girls are cool. I want my nieces to read them. And like, I don't know. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's so powerful. And it's so powerful, like, to how you, you were touching on this, like how they all bring different things and then grow into them. Um. And, and this really, yeah, like the sort of community and solidarity and like relationship is a really important theme in this book. And like, we have a lot of characters who all have been isolated from other people in like different ways Mm -hmm. and, and sort of them, like a big part of them being able to sort of break free from this oppressive system that, that they are trapped in is their relationships with one another mm-hmm. um and so you sh- i have to shout out britta for a second i love britta she's a sweetheart um, <laughs> i am always going to love the character who's like but let's all be friends which is basically what this character does um, she's the the great unifier yeah but yeah it's it's such a it's such a rich and beautiful world I mean, horrifying also, but like. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it wild though? Like, I think it creates a a universe that um, I think, I think a good comparison, like in terms of how oppressive the universe is, like it's very comparable to the type of universe that we find in like the hands, the handmaids too. And I think that that's like, it's this, this constant vigilance. Like there's, there's like, I would if I were allowed to diagnose people, I would totally diagnose some of them with PTSD. Uh, Almost all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But at the same time, there is this reality also that because life isn't all sunshine and roses and daisies and all that great Mm -hmm. stuff, it's sometimes a little, it can feel a little tone deaf when there is absolutely nothing comparable i guess for the audience like or for 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 
for the target audience. And I think that that's where I come back to what I was saying at the very top of the episode is this is a book for folks who have been through it. It's hard. I, I'm I'm maybe also because I can't put myself outside of that reality, mm-hmm. but I'm really wondering like if someone who had like a totally privileged life with like never faced adversity, like the pandy is the first time that life stops kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know how much they, 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 they would be able to relate to that. But at the same time, everyone struggles, even, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, that that's an interesting point because there is a very there's a very particular like one of the things this is really drawing on about oppression is like the particular like torture of being convinced that you are in fact inferior, which is <laughs> which which I'm I'm curious if that is not something that you have experienced, how would this book hit? Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time I don't necessarily want to put myself in the shoes of someone because I feel like it just mm -hmm. I think it just makes me uncomfortable the idea that like there are folks who live with like no concept of oppression (laughs) that kind of blows my mind on the on the track of this book of exploring oppression in interesting ways, one of the threads that I wanted to pick up on that I thought was really interesting about this book that I've, I don't think I've seen, like, we've read lots of books on the podcast that explore oppression in various fantasy <laughs> worlds. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, one of the things that this book specifically does that I think is really interesting is, like, it explores it explores this idea that I think is present in subtler ways in our world of, um, so the, the main character and most of the main characters friends um, is immortal or semi immortal. So they can be killed in very horrifying ways and live. And so there's this sort of like sense built into the world that it is, like, like it's it's this very interesting exploration of like what if there weren't actually like consequences to killing somebody because they would just revive, but you see from the like main that like if you were killed and you revive, that is still fucking traumatic as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like even though the main character doesn't die, die when she dies, being killed is killed is still a horrifyingly traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And and I I think that I just I found that really interesting that exploration because that's not something I've seen before. That's true. I'm trying to like I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to see like where else we would have seen that. <laughs> I don't want to say Black Panther, but I will. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's no. Mm-hmm. I love it. And also I think that it's nice to have to think beyond the easy reference. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that that's important, but I think Black Panther did it and I think they probably it's a tr- it's a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. It's a conscious choice. Cuz when I think of um other black folks, queer folks, people of color, etc. Like people with disabilities. Every time, like it's it's just like you get cut. Microaggressions hurt. Trauma, not great, folks. But you get back up and you try to do something, and that process sucks. Or anyways, yeah. it has for me. 
And yeah, and I think that, that, that hearing you say that kind of made me go like, oh, crap, it's yet another way that it's like assuring a certain type of representation that is really important. Yeah, that's exactly, you put your finger on it for me of what this is, which is it's it's taking what doesn't kill you makes you stronger to it's like <laughs> extreme. It, it's that idea of like, cause that, it, that phrase, it doesn't kill you makes you, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is, it sort of see, is designed to erase the pain of the things that don't kill you. And I think that this book is does a really good job of showing that. Oh yes, what doesn't kill you gives you trauma. <laughs> well, and like, can we just name it? Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, our our autumn of misery uh, when when we read all these trauma porn books, uh, these classical classic classics, and it was like, well, you know, it sucks. Trauma sucks. Shoulder shrug. That was about it. Whereas here, it's like listen, like your trauma is not going to make you exceptional, but you're going to learn from it. And there's a process. And, 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 and when you think about healing and when you think about, about all these processes that, you know, most marginalized people that I know are, are, are undertaking, you know, there's, there's, it's hard. It's not, there's nothing pleasant about it. You know, like there's, there's a, I've heard a beautiful sentence recently. Someone said to me, you know, the goal of therapy is not to feel good at being oppressed. And I was like, oh, crap. Uh, Obviously, this was my therapist. Hi, Julia. Um, But like that shocked me. And I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be okay with this. Okay, so I have to keep fighting. And oh, I'm going to have to keep fighting for the rest of my life. And this is part of who I am, you know, and it's understanding that you're going to get cut down and you're going to you're going to be put through the ringer. Uh, there's literally no other way to describe it in this book. Yeah. 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 I so. think that's a really good th- thing to hit on with like, yeah, it's, it's not going to, yeah. Like being oppressed is not, there's not a silver lining to it. Like, yes, you may find companionship with other people who are going through the same things, but like, that's not, yeah. It, there, there's no positives to oppression. Like, nope. <laughs> Yeah. It's a fun book. It's a good book. It's intense. Um, this would be a great cottage book, I find. Like a great mm-hmm. like like late spring, like when you still need a fire in the evening kind of situation. Like yeah. real, real good book for that. Maybe like definitely not a beach, like a light mm, vacation read. No, but uh yeah, like a get lost in uh in it. Mm-hmm. In it, read. I need this book to become a movie. I think that um, this book was written to be transformed into mm-hmm. art on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I want it with all the queerness in it, too. Because mm-hmm. there's a little queerness in this book. I was into it. There's I, I want that to be explored more in the next book. And I, I'm not necessarily the person who's always rooting for characters to be poly, but I'm like... 
I see potential here and I want it to be realized. <laughs> I mean, it is a feminist. It's like, this is a very mm. intersectional feminist kind of book. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, what are we missing here? Some polyamory. I would love to see perhaps in uh, book number two, um, please, uh, perhaps some, some, some non-binary or trans characters. I think that would be, that would be nice. Like, I think I had a little moment where I was like, oh, is this like, radical feminism and then I was like no um, but I'd like to see just to see where it can go obviously we're not forcing anyone it's just like a little wish list yeah I think there's absolutely space for that and I'm excited for it um and definitely like in I read the author's note at the back and she explicitly talks about acknowledges the existence of those beyond the binary so I'm like ooh, yes <laughs> oh the bar is low <laughs> Listen, the bar is low. This is... <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, ow, my ankles. The bar is so low. Wow. <sighs> Sometimes the bar is low. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> I think what also would be really lovely is if someone uh, who is super musically talented could create like an awesome badass playlist to go with this book. I feel like there could be some really sweet Afro beats happening in the background and like, but like with a bit of an industrial feel, like a little clang, clang, clanginess to it. Like, because it's still like, it's gritty and dirty a little bit too. Like there's, there's, it's not a polished mm-hmm. kind of diamond uh, situation, which, you know, Hey, that's great. But this is, this is what it, it needs. It doesn't need to be a polished diamond. This is like a rough, a rough situation, which I'm pretty sure will turn into a beautiful diamond by the third novel. Yeah. Please, please. Yeah, no, I think I'm I'm really excited for the next books in this in this trilogy. And I am I, I would also love to see it as a movie. I maybe want them to wait like a couple more years for like just the CGI to get better and better so that they can like do because there's gonna be need to be a lot of effects for this. Um <laughs> and I want them to be well done. <laughs> that is a very good point. That's a really good point. Or maybe they could Okay, this is going to be another caddy reference, but maybe they can shoot it a little Hunger Games style. Like, I think that there would probably something, there could be something in that aesthetic that could also fit it, just obviously transposed into, like, a more African universe. But, yeah, I think that it's the violence. It's the amount of violence, right, yeah. that, uh, that that really would transpose well. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're just dreaming yeah. Um, Speaking of visuals, though, I wanted to, I think there's just such a good, it's not even a visual metaphor, but like the visuals in this book are so, they convey meaning very well, because, so this is set up early, so I can just describe this, is that the the main character and then many of her friends are, um, they're branded as demons or alakai. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that marks them as that visually is that their blood is gold. Um, and it is described as the cursed gold. To me, it's just such this, like, I think it creates this sense in the readership, certainly in me, of this, like, this dissonance. Um, and this, like, it, it forces you to confront this, this idea that, like, something that is so clearly not evil or bad, 
um, can be twisted um, into being called and perceived that way by people who have an agenda. Like, because obviously, like, reading this from our perspective in this world, gold is good. It is, Mm -hmm. like, we would always associate that with positive things. But then in this world, it is, it is cursed. It is the cursed gold. And it's just this really, it makes me think about, like, queerness and how, like, queerness is inherently beautiful. But we... So beautiful. Um... But, like, people with agendas have done such a good job, in some cases, of convincing the world that it is evil and bad and scary and and aberrant. And, like, this is just, this was such a cool, like, visual metaphor for that and for lots of other things but one hundred percent in agreement with you as i like seriously i think i want a sticker that says people with agendas are bad um (laughs) because it's because it is true like it's it's exactly that it's context is everything and i think that in this story the context creates so many opportunities for interpretation from readership and from from folks from so many different walks of life and and yeah the image of gold blood being a bad slash dirty thing Mm -hmm. was that to me was was just like I was like oh this is interesting this is very different and it's challenging because it's starting to look at the world and saying okay well what is beautiful and is 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 not beautiful and then you start thinking about mm-hmm. yeah queer culture um uh, natural hair uh you know cultural flavors of you know whatever culture of all cultures not whatever all cultures they're all good sorry um yeah so yeah it is a really 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 strong visual metaphor it's, I think it's such a powerful thing to read as somebody who experiences marginalization too, because it forces you to, especially if you have internalized any sort of hatred of your identities, which like all of us have, um, <laughs> it forces you to like take this step outside and like, cause you, you can look at this situation and be like, clearly what they're being told is wrong. And then I think you can be invited to, to extend that into the own world um, in, yeah. in really cool ways. And I just, I just, I, I, I like, I thinking about this more as I'm saying it and I'm just like, Oh, I love this. Uh. this and that makes me that. And I think that brings up an important point. This is a book that you can read again. This is a book that you can revisit. Um, and like page 277, 278, I'm skipping. And then keep going. And and I think that that's, that's really nice to already know that like, hey, when the next book comes out, I want to read the first one again. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, 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 that's quality. That's mm-hmm. quality. Very nice, Namino. Yeah, I'm very excited. I also read this book a little bit quickly in order for the recording deadline and so I'm I'm excited to read it again and like linger over it a little bit more yeah some parts mm-hmm. not linger over but I I mean I could keep talking about this for a long time but I think we've covered the uh I think we've covered some of the 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 greatest hits uh agreed will. and yeah read this book it's very good yeah, absolutely very very good 
Thanks for listening to Yeah! If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at thebalesosaurus and at caddy double underscore D. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head over to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Erica Stutchbury, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Ten Hove, Chantal Thomas, Maddie Dever, Megan Jane, Emily Patton, and Emmett Cameron. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks of Red Tea Public. I love that. Get some. Uh, you can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. I would actually recommend anyone who loved Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi, uh, Tomi Adiemi. Yeah. Um, I suggest that you check this book out. It's right up your alley. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Bailey Eastwood and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hi. I'm Anthony Giorgio, host and producer of Queer Teen Podcast. Queer Teen Podcast encourages the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Listen, learn, and love as you get to know the next queer youth leaders of the world. Queer Teen Podcast celebrates, elevates, and narrates how the LGBTQ community uses our voices to tell our stories. You can find Queer Teen Podcasts on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And please, please, please subscribe today. And don't forget to listen, learn, and love. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.